Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin A.C. Potter's beat writer for the Union Tribune. There's Ryan Finley, sports editor of the Union Tribune. Oh, Ryan, um, Padres are in a in a bad way. Uh, Padres blew another opportunity. I don't want to make this like recency bias. I don't know that dropping three of four to the Diamondbacks is worse than dropping two of three to the Pirates in late July. Uh, you know, messing up to against a bad pitcher the final game in Detroit. But I think it is like you you had to win these games and you didn't. Ryan, where are you at? Um, uh, here's where I'm at, Kevin. I was just reading a story about Ohio University's football team. Not because I have to, but because I want to. Because in my head, it's football season now. Um, I oh think boy. that that's what this weekend series loss to the Diamondbacks has done. It has crystallized, in my mind, a lot of the concerns we've been talking about since we did our first show in March. Um, lack of starting pitching, um, this time because of injury, and because of not wanting to rush Michael Waka. Um, I think maybe the story of the weekend. Um, they, I think that you know, starting uh, knuckleballer Matt Waldron in a game you absolutely have to win is not good. Um, I think that there were some pitching, keep him in, take him out situations that uh, that that uh, okay. backfired on Bob Melvin. Kevin, go ahead. Yes. No. Wouldn't you go? Okay you're going to start in that game having Waldron in to face Tommy Pham in the fifth that I got you know you're like and I I wasn't there I uh, had the good fortune of deciding I was going to take my 10th game off uh, on Saturday and I got to take my 10th and 11th game uh, off so that was nice and Mm -hmm. uh, you know uh, Jeff Sanders did a great job if you read his story you basically don't have to read for the rest of the year because it was an obituary Um, so uh, yeah Waldron in when you have you Darvish in game two, you're counting on you Darvish. If you're not going to get six or whatever from you Darvish, you're screwed anyway. Why Waldron was still in the face of that. Look, the fact that Michael Walker was going to be the Saturday pitcher and couldn't be because of uh, a uh, tropical storm sure. uh, hitting San Diego is some terrible luck. Well, we're too far into the season and the Padres have already created their own bad luck that you don't get to lean on that one. It's a fact, but you don't get to lean on that one. I don't have a problem with Waka or with Waldron. I have a problem or I have a question about Waldron still being in there. Yes, no, I agree. And and I have a question also, where was this version of Tommy Pham during his two years with the San Diego Padres? <laughs> I, I looked it up this morning. I believed he, I believe he hit something like 13 or 15 home runs as a Padre and has hit six against them since. Um, including another big weekend um, accentuated by some back and forth with fans. Um, One of the things that jumped out at me, and I only want to touch on this briefly, Kevin, but it's a hot topic. Um, You know, Tori Lovello after the game's like, the fans here are terrible to Tommy. He said that. And he said that they say things that go far beyond um, what, what is acceptable. And it's funny. I don't think of San Diego Padre fans as being particularly hard on anybody, um, much less somebody who's not a Dodger. so I, I think that surprised me a little bit. Kevin, you covered Tommy Pham when he was here. Uh, it seems like this stuff happens a lot. Is that just him running hot? Is that him hearing things? How, how does this, uh, what was he like to cover? It's probably both. He was great to cover. He's a very honest guy, mm-hmm. uh, very intense. Uh, it happened before. 
uh, Tommy Pham, when he was here, I remember writing about this, uh, talking about the fans and, and talking about him getting stabbed in the back at a strip club, about his uh, propensity for strip clubs. Uh, sometimes his honesty got him in trouble. I'm sure that for some, there were some COVID comments. Uh, I, who who knows? I'm not trying to legitimize or delegitimize anything. I'm just pointing out that there was like all sorts of stuff. Plus, like in San Diego, there's like, think and underlying maybe subconscious in some people like how dare you ever leave the Padres kind of thing uh Tommy Pham as you pointed out now partially to injury but greatly underperformed while he was with the Padres so I think a preponderance of all those things uh though the the, the vociferousness of the booze mm -hmm. uh, has at times made us kind of all look at each other like was he like that terrible mm -hmm. or like did he choose to leave like mm -hmm. What, what is it, right, uh, that he is kind of uh, despised? I can't speak to what was said this weekend. As I said, Saturday, I wasn't there. But I think that this is not a new thing where some fans, this isn't like, if you want to boo, you're, that's the price of admission, right? You get to do that. Abuse, mm -hmm. I think, has become more rampant. I, re I, I, I think that's a fact. Sure. Um, and, and that's a shame. And I don't know that Tommy Pham or anyone deserves that, regardless of whether Tommy Pham has ever done anything back or I should say not done, said anything back to, mm -hmm. to fans. Um, you know, I, I just I just don't know that uh, abuse of, of a person uh, mm -hmm. that makes me sad. Right. All I know is what I saw on social media. And, and I know that that never tells the full story. And so I don't really even want to jump into whether anybody was justified or not, I have no idea, Kevin. I was watching the game on TV. Um, I, I will say this. Uh, I think that there are ballplayers who hear things, who hear everything. And there are yeah, ballplayers yeah. who, who you know, couldn't tell you if the stadium was half full or full. And I think that's fair and it applies in this situation. Yes, exactly. Moving on, moving on. Uh, Kevin, I mean, the Marlins come to town. <laughs> it's Ryan Weathers. Let's talk about the low-hanging fruit here. Ryan Weathers is going to pitch against the Padres uh, in game one of this three-game series. Um, they traded him away for Garrett Cooper at the trade deadline. Um, what was their rationale behind that deal, um, do you think? And, and knowing the Padres' luck this year, are we going to see Ryan Weathers go you know, six scoreless tonight or what? I think that's got to be the first thing in everybody's mind is right. that Ryan Weathers uh, gets all jacked up and, and, and the Padres, who have never faced him, uh, though they are very familiar with him, uh, you know, somehow uh, get two runs and the Marlins somehow, you know, score four off uh, mm -hmm. Michael Walker. Um, so I, I just think it's – look, the uh, they believe they have some starting pitching coming mm -hmm. and that they can acquire starting pitching that is better than Ryan Weathers and that the cost of, of getting Garrett Cooper, no, for whatever that gets you, was uh, to send Ryan Weathers. Um, sure. So there, Garrett Cooper, it has a lot to do with what they have coming. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Right. And you know what? The guy hits the ball hard, and and yeah. and you know you can see him as a as a season long uh, piece. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. Here come the Marlins. Like, are, are you going to be mad at me if I start both addressing how far back? the Padres are and how far from the seller they are. Now that's not fair because like the, 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 the Rockies are running away with that, but there are some teams that we talk about like the Mets, right? They're a game behind the Padres. They sold and gave up and gave away their two best pitchers. And they're a game behind the Padres. We talk about the Cardinals 
um, who like are horrible. That's like across the board, right? And they sold. They're four games behind. The Padres are five games back of three teams, uh, uh, Cincinnati, Arizona, and the Marlins, okay? And then the Cubs are in control of the wild card spot, a game ahead of all those teams. So the Padres are six back. I have good news for you that three times in the last 20 years, a team has come from six or more games back to win a wild card spot. None of those teams were under 500 at this time, but there was not the you know second wild card spot. Actually, for many of those years, there wasn't a wild. There, I'm sorry, there was only one wild card spot. Um, but uh, so now we've got uh, six total playoff spots, and I guess it could happen. But I think we go back to two shows ago where we were like, season's not over, but you know, you, where's the yeah. evidence that it's not? In my head, Kevin, what I had thought before the Diamondback series was if you could take three or four, and you even said it, man, you go, hey, nobody sweeps four game series. Like, you know, it's reasonable to say, hey, you take three or four. You assume Zach Gallon's probably going to beat Rich Hill, which he did. Um, if you take Despite three or four, Rich Hill not pitching terrible. No, I know. He didn't. He didn't. But you can sit there and go, okay, well, they'll take three or four. Um, maybe they could get to a stretch where they win eight of 10, and then they're right back in it. What this weekend is reinforced to me, Kevin, is like we're launching half-court shots here. I mean, it's now they've got to win nine straight, eight straight, ten straight to get back to sort of where they were two weeks ago. And by the way, Kevin, then another ten days are off the schedule, right? And so not only are you battling the teams ahead of you, and, and you've touched on this multiple times and made great points, you're fighting time here. And so even if you can win eight, nine, 10 in a row, you're looking up and there's not a whole lot of time left to make that final push. And a team that hasn't won more than three in a row to to expect them to win, say, eight in a row or nine in a row, probably pretty stupid on my part. Yeah. And all year you wanted to say, but look, I see these guys on the team and, oh, they got the pitching and, you know, this guy gets hot and then this guy gets hot and but they haven't been able to pull it together. I, I, it's, it's that they're not playing well is far and away the number one thing. And we've got a lot of time and I obviously have some space to fill between now and the end of the season. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, we could talk about those topics, pick and choose which ones we talk about on the podcast. Cause we're not going to spend a whole lot of time uh, previewing uh, opponents coming up because like, it just, it, it, that's not the importance uh, anymore. And especially if they don't do well in this series. Um, but uh, yeah, where, again, where's the evidence that, that they're going to put it together. We know they're capable. They swept the Rangers. They two out of three against the Rays. They went to Toronto, took two out of three. There's all sorts of games you look at and you go, man, that was really close. The point that we're at in the season is that they, they're down a starter. They've got a hope that Rich Hill, you know, pitches. And that on that day, which it, the timing that they've had has not been good, that on the Rich Hill day, they can score six runs, right? Or, or five runs or whatever it takes. And that hasn't been the case when he's pitched so far. And they're wasting, they're just wasting some good performances by people. Um, I mean, we could play a game of if I told you, you know, if I told you Hassan Kim, dot, 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 right? Um, it, it's just, it, yeah, we, we have, uh, it's, maybe it's good. I mean, I'm, 
I'm a you know personally depressed that that not because I I root for the Padres, but I root for myself. Uh, I'm depressed. I have to spend the next month uh, talking about. Oh well, guess what? There's ten years to go of Manny Machado and Xander Bogarts. Better hope that they do well. <laughs> they they pick it up in 2024. Uh, you know th- these types of things. Hey, what are we going to do next year with the infield? Uh, you know. Um, kind of dissecting what did happen, dissecting those. Well, why is the run differential so misleading? I mean, I've already got this list of topics um, that I thought maybe I, I could wait till like two weeks to go in the season. Now we got five weeks to fill. Uh, is it, or is it six? Don't tell me. I don't want to get more depressed. Um, but, you know, uh, that's where they're at. Yeah. It, to me, Kevin, the, the thing that's depressing on my end, and I have a different perspective, is – this was the year you're seen... reading Ohio football stories. Yes, <laughs> but this was the year where the Padres were going to be nationally relevant. And guess what? They're nationally relevant. They're nationally yeah. relevant for being a giant disappointment. And I, I'm curious, all of the, the, the people who jumped in with both feet uh, in terms of supporting the Padres, the ones who are buying season tickets, the ones who are selling, ones who are selling out Petco Park, you know, where will they be next year? And and maybe it doesn't matter, but to me it does. I mean, this is, you know, it looks like they've had a chance to make a great impression here on a whole new generation of fans. And that new generation of fans is watching them disappoint night in and night out. And what happens next year? And their dads who took them to the games last year because you're you're right that's how you make fans is the mm-hmm. six-year-old the 12-year-old you were one of those in 98 right yeah the 15 year old the 16 yep. year old that's how you make uh fans mm-hmm. like for life and and now their dads are you know kind of telling them yeah see what i meant when i yeah. said they'll let you down <laughs> um when when that was unfathomable you knew 99 wasn't going to be a good year right right 23 was going to be a good year right right Right. Um, yeah. And that's in expectations make disappointment worse. Like, yes. right. Like the higher the expectations, the worse the disappointment. Where will they be? What a great question. I will say this. And I say this with all respect for fans, because this is what being a fan is. You get to choose whether you are, you know, how how loyal you're going to be, how uh, much you're going to invest whether you're going to say, hey, I'll wait and buy my single tickets now because, you know, I'll just choose and see where they're at in, in June or whatever. Um, but also, I think one thing that's been shown is you choose to, fans can have short memories. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're both oh, good sure. and bad, right? Like, like this guy did really well for your team and then he got traded and now you boo him. Or, you know, like, hey, they really ticked me off and – Oh, but it's a new season, and look, they still have Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. and uh, Joe Musgrove, and I'm excited. And so uh, all that to say, like, I don't know how San Diego fans are going to respond. We've not been in this situation where, like, it wasn't a fire sale that caused this. Right, right. Right. It wasn't the Dodgers signing Kevin Brown that caused this. Um, So they had this waiting list. They reminded us they had this waiting list when they sent out the the renewals to season (laughs) ticket members. Um, Turns out that was actually good timing because it was going to get worse. Uh, Remember how we were like, oh, that's some bad timing on that letter. Uh, And the push for the, no, good timing because it's it's worse now. Uh, Maybe they got a few people to renew before they lost three or four to the Diamondbacks. Uh, Great question. And I think it's the question. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 
we, and we can get into sort of this high-minded stuff later. There is still a part of me, Kevin, that thinks that if you were to run this same team out next year, if you just kept everybody, which is not going to happen, they're going to lose Hader and Snell and, and everybody else. But, you know, all these peripheral things say that this should be a much better team. You know, okay. The, Let me make sure I got this on my list because I've yes. been thinking about this. It might already be on there, but I don't have time to look. Um, and so just write myself a note because you have a great point. And I think that what you're referring to is they lost 10 extra inning games. You yes. can't do that again. Right. I mean, though, I mean, like you can't, like you, you couldn't could if you tried, you right. You couldn't if you okay? tried. Right. They're what is it? Is it six and 19 still in one run games? Regardless, mm -hmm. it's the worst record in the majors. You basically can't do that again. What happened is they got paid back, right? They, last year, they were one or two in both those categories, as in the best mm -hmm. in the majors. Mm -hmm. And who, you know, whoever decides this, whatever higher power decides uh, the payback, um, whether it's doled out over time, you know, that you're not going to, you're not going to get, 12 walk-offs every year. They decided to, to pay it all back in one year. You're going to have it's, one walk-off. Yeah. It's going to be in the fourth game of the year. And, you know, you guys are going to suck. You're going to get walked off and you're going to lose one-run games all, all season long. Ha, ha, ha. Um, so you're, you're right. Here's the problem, Ryan. Mm -hmm. mentioned the problem. You will not have certain key players. You know what? If you played this season over again, if you did 10,000 simulations, you know the 10,000 simulations like fan graphs runs? Yeah. Well, this was one of those that, uh, that in the 10,000 that you, that you throw out when it's a simulation. You say, yeah. ah, that's an anomaly. The team that, you know, they only win 70 games. Um, well, it happened in real life. Um, you're right. And the problem is you're not going to have haters. So you got to replace him. Oh, you replace him with Suarez. Now you got to replace Suarez. Okay. You replace him with, let's just say Wilson. Oh, now you got to replace Wilson. So you've got a problem there. Um, what are you going to do with Trent Grisham? Uh, what about, uh, or what are Walker and Lugo going to choose to do, uh, with options? Uh, so what about yeah. Snell? I mean, Snell's, Snell's not staying. Say goodbye. Yeah. I mean, so. And Right. And they've been healthy. I mean, that's the thing that drives me a little crazy, too. Yeah. With the exception of Joe Musgrove, who has shouldered a team's worth of bad luck on his own this year. Um, they I mean, they've stayed healthy. They've stayed healthy. Manny's beat up. but It's aches and pains of the season. Uh, Tatis missed the, the first whatever 20 games because of the suspension. But this is a team that has stayed pretty healthy. This is a team that has, again, the what if I told you is right. Hassan Kim, Seth Lugo, Michael Waka, the catching situation, Kevin. It's August 21st, and I'm telling you right now that the catching situation has been solved, right? Uh, for, for this year. For this it year. It turns out that they pretty much balanced out. Yes, it cost them games early, but uh, overall, uh, their catchers are just fine. Yes. Yes, their catchers yes. are just fine. So, it, again, you would have to assume that all of these things went right for them, too. And, and that's, I mean, to me, it's the whole simulation thing. Big problem, big problem. And and you bring up something and we're going to wrap it up here, but like, you know, maybe we're going to find out. It happens a lot, right? Especially with Manny uh, keeping stuff uh, secret in terms of injuries and all that. And and mm -hmm. we're, maybe it was worse than we knew. Okay, maybe Soto's thing worse than we knew. That's a little difficult to stomach to a certain extent because they are still doing certain things that if they were that hurt you know they wouldn't be able to do but right. maybe that let's just give them that that it affected them a little bit mm -hmm. but you know really they're still out there every day and they're still like you know in the 20s and low 20s and home runs probably finish in the low 
mid twenties and home runs and and you know you're right. They, other than Joe Musgrove, who still has ten wins, and when he was in there, it was you know pretty darn good. Um, done pretty well for them in that area. You can't look at it like 2021. Uh, also, the bullpen wasn't overworked all year like it was in 21. There were parts, and maybe there was like a little bit of a kinetic chain there, but not really. Not really. Um, things went pretty well. They just stunk for the most part. Right. I'm going to put you on the spot and then we'll go, Kevin. Ethan Salas has been promoted to double A. What is his ETA at Petco Park? Uh, Can it be September 5th? (laughs) I think just like if if Jackson Merrill does come up and and does that likelihood increase uh, if if they're out? Yeah, probably. Uh, But it still was characterized as like 25% with which AJ with with AJ Preller and his people, how they do business in terms of moving guys up probably means that Jackson Merrill will be here in September. Um, But but just like it's like almost like an audition, but not like a like show us what you can handle situation. And there is no too early if they continue to show it. I almost guarantee that Ethan Salas starts again in double A next year right uh and jackson merrill unless he comes up and just rakes has an incredible spring training you know probably starts in triple a next year but it's up really soon like he's a he's a padre in 2024 mm-hmm. uh be it at the beginning of the season or, or later but uh yeah I, I think that jackson or that ethan salas is still on target for 2025 to be with the club but there is no too early with, with the Padres. They would hope that they have uh, Campusano and somebody else. They're not going to well, almost certainly not be able to afford Gary Sanchez next year. Good for him, man. He got himself, you know, he made himself a free agent, uh, a, a legit free agent. Um, so I think C- Salas is still 25, but, you know, this is how they do things. And, and I, I kudos to them, by the way. They, they always maintained internally, and I think the people that covered the team have reported this, that their farm system was better than people were thinking. And that's clearly the case because whatever they were before, right, before all these um, rankings came out, like the 20s, and people thought, oh, the Padres gave away their farm, and then suddenly they're ranked in the top 10 by everybody. Clear, I mean, they didn't just get a whole bunch of new players. So, like, clearly they've restocked their farm system to a large extent. Kudos to them. Excellent. That'll do it for this episode of the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin, three games against the Marlins starting tonight. See what happens. For Kevin Acey, I'm Ryan Finley. We'll see you next time.